so uh, welcome. Thanks for coming. Um, we're going to talk about reinvestment fees today, and, and it's something that you know, we've talked about before over the last few years. Um, so I, I hope not to just reiterate all the same information you've heard before. Um, some, some reiteration, though, I think is, is, is sometimes due because I, I usually will choose a topic that I'm seeing issues on, that I've seen some issues on recently. And that's the case with reinvestment fees. So, so some of the information is, is just nothing new, but maybe it's, it's new to you if you haven't come here before. Um, oops. But, um, but some of it is, is more just along the lines of, of issues that I've seen recently that I think need to be addressed. Hold on. Wow, this is giving me all sorts of troubles. Okay. For some reason, it's asking me if I want to leave the meeting. So, if I just leave that there, then we'll be fine. Okay. Um, I'm going to start sharing my screen here. And let's go to this. All right. So reinvestment fees. Um, and by the way, let me say this presentation certainly won't take up um, a full hour, uh, probably quite a bit less than that. And, and I want to be able to talk about questions and things at the end. If you have something that is really relevant to what we're saying right then, you feel like you have to ask, that's fine. Go ahead and chime in. But if, if possible, let's, let's save conversation and discussion to the end and we can we can spend a good amount of time kind of going over any other questions. And, and, and at these, it's pretty common that other questions outside of the topic that we, that we covered come up and I'm, I'm fine with that too. Um, so first of all, let's talk about basically what, what a reinvestment fee is, if you're not familiar with it. Um, so a reinvestment fee is, as I view it, is basically just another opportunity for an HOA to build its revenues, which, which can be important. Um, board members have fiduciary duties to make sure that the HOA is well-funded. And if, if you're not well-funded and, and you need to get your revenues up, um, it's nice to know that there are ways other than just increasing assessments every time or special assessing if it calls for it. Um, the reinvestment fee kind of gives you another tool. Um, and, and it's a fee that is paid typically doesn't have to be, this is a mandated by law, but typically what happens, it's paid by the, by the buyer when, when a unit is sold, new buyer comes to the community, they usually are the ones that pay the fee as, as part of their um, closing. So it's, it used to be called a transfer fee, which is a little more descriptive of kind of how it works when a property is transferred, um, the, fee is, the fee is paid and it goes to the HOA. So the way the law describes it is really, it's, it's this fee that's gonna, going to go towards specific purposes for the HOA, but if you look at what those specific purposes are, which we'll get into, it, it's very broad and you can, you can use it for almost anything that is for the betterment of, of the association. Um, I, I've worked with a number of associations who when reinvestment fees come up, they say, well, we don't want to do that. That's, that sounds unreasonable. The reality is though, having worked with a lot of associations um, over several years, they're very common. And so if, if you feel like you want to start using a reinvestment fee, you're not going to be doing anything that's in any way out of the ordinary or seen unreasonable in the, in the industry. Um, especially in, in condominiums, for instance, if you go to buy any condo, I, you're going to be hard pressed to find one that's not charging a reinvestment fee for that purchase. Uh, 
these days. Um, I'll just say quickly, you might hear the term transfer fee. And like I said, it, it's, it's just what a reinvestment fee used to be called. There are some differences under the law, nothing that you really need to be too concerned with. Um, mostly just the reinvestment fees are a little bit more restrictive. When the law changed the name, they also kind of put some restrictions on, on how a fee can be charged, who can charge it, how, how long it can. Um, the, so developers used to use them and kind of collect on them into forever and, and the law kind of came down on that. But other than that, it's, it's the basic same idea as a transfer fee. Utah just passed a law that says we can't call them that anymore and we're gonna put a few restrictions on them. So what if your governing documents still say that you have a transfer fee? Um, well, that, that's okay. If, if you have older documents that call it a transfer fee, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's automatically unenforceable. But what it means is that it's, it's only enforceable if you follow the steps that the statute says you have to follow. And those steps are that you have to record a notice, what's called a notice of reinvestment fee covenant. So it's a separate notice uh, outside of your, your CCNRs um, saying we charge this fee. And we'll go over a little bit what, what should be in that notice. For the most part though, and, and I know this sounds self-serving, for the most part I'd say let, let somebody else, let, let an attorney or a community manager draft that notice because there are some specific requirements and, and they should be familiar with them. Um, so just because the documents say transfer fees and Utah law says transfer fees are no longer legal, you might still be okay if your documents are older than March 16, 2010. Um, you record your notice and, and it's still enforceable and you can go forward. Um, anything recorded after March 16, 2010 should be referred to as a reinvestment fee and you still have to record that extra notice. That requirement still applies. So the, um, the notice that I'm, I'm referring to has to be recorded with the county recorder, just like your governing documents do. Um, and, and this next part, um, you can get, you'll probably get some varying opinions from different attorneys, uh, different community managers. Um, but what I put on here is that the authority to charge the reinvestment fee has to be established in the CCNRs. So if you read through the reinvestment fee statute, it talks about the notice that has to be recorded, but it keeps referring back to, um, to, to the underlying covenant to charge the reinvestment fee. And as an attorney, the way that I read that is, well, a covenant is something that's recorded against the land. Um, covenant is, is a specific term under the law. It's recorded against the land. It runs with the land, et cetera. So in my, at least my comfort level is if, if your CCNRs don't say anything about charging a reinvestment fee or charging additional fees, sometimes your CCNRs will be really specific or really narrow about what an HOA can charge. And I, I don't like that language. I, I try to do something different when I draft CCNRs, but you do come across CCNRs who, when it talks about assessments, it only talks about one or two really specific kinds of assessments. Does that have any kind of broad language that says, you know, other types of assessments may be charged or other charges may be um, issued by the board? If you have some really narrow CCNRs that don't really have wiggle room for charging anything other than a couple of, you know, a special assessment and, a, and an annual assessment or, or something, then you certainly might run into tr trouble if you try implementing a reinvestment fee because somebody could raise the argument, hey, the board doesn't have any authority to charge me anything other than what the CCNRs say they can charge me. Now, there's some counter arguments to that, um, and, and that is 
um, there's some broad language under under Utah statutes to basically say the board administers the affairs of the association. And so you could certainly argue that it's it's inherent in, in your authority. But if we're trying to be um, as safe as possible, the safest route is to make sure your CCNRs give some kind of underlying authority to charge a reinvestment fee and then record your notice. Um, could we put that in the rules and then record a notice? We could. Um, that's a little more subject to challenge from, from a homeowner. Um, I understand it's not always even feasible to, to amend your CCNRs, but in a perfect world, it's in the CCNRs and we have our notice. Um, short of that, then maybe we could craft you a resolution that, that gives you a good argument for putting in the rules and then having a notice. But bottom line is the notice has to be recorded with the county. I prefer some, uh, some other language in the CCNRs to also be part of your recorded CCNRs. Uh, the fee itself under state law cannot exceed half a percentage point of the value of the burden property. Often when a board decides what the amount will be, we say half a percentage of the sales price, which makes sense practically because, because that's easy. We see what the sales price is and we, we calculate half a percentage point. Technically though, we could draft those to say half a percentage point of the value of the burden property. And if you feel like a property was, was sold for way below value, then you could have an argument for, for getting a, um, for, for getting a, a, a professional opinion on what the value should be and then, and then charging half a percentage point of that. But you can't exceed that half a percentage point of the value. So what, what I recommend doing is stating in your notice that you record that, that the board can charge up to half a percentage point of the value. Don't, don't cage yourself in by stating exactly what you're gonna charge. Sometimes boards say, well, we don't wanna charge, that's too much, we wanna charge you know, 0.25%. Um, that's fine, but I wouldn't put that in your notice because then you're stuck with that and if you ever wanna change it, you have to record a new notice. Uh, why not say in your notice, we can charge up to half a percentage point and then in a separate resolution decide what exactly you're gonna charge for the time being. And you could say in your resolution, we're gonna charge 0.25%. If circumstances change, you could always raise that by, by just a simple resolution. Um, so let's look at what a reinvestment fee can be used for. And I, ref I referred to this a little bit ago. The statute lists a number of things that, that you can use the reinvestment fee for. Um, and I have this list here and it's, it comes right from the statute. Common planning, facilities and infrastructure, obligations arising from an environmental covenant. That's not real common that we'll have that. Community programming, resort facilities, open space, recreational amenities, charitable purposes, association expenses. Um, so, so there's several and it's very broad. Uh, I've never had somebody challenge us saying you're using your investment fee for the, the wrong purposes. Um, it, it would be appropriate and, and I think it's fairly common in my experience to put your reinvestment fee revenues right into um, right into your, uh, the, the word slipping my your reserves, um, and, and then, you know, use them just for that. That's certainly within the purposes approved for reinvestment fee. So you, you, you can use it uh, a myriad of ways. And then there's a few things that it can't be used for, um, and, or that it can't be collected on, I should say. Um, first of all, this, this first bullet point is a little bit of a, of a hot topic, um, something that we're trying to, 
well, that we've talked about amending. Um, I, I sit on a subcommittee of what's called the Legislative Action Committee for CAI, and, and we try to push legislation through that's good for associations and draft legislation that's good for associations. One thing that has been discussed is changing this first provision, which is the law says that only one reinvestment fee can be implemented against the property. Um, that can be problematic if, if you have a master association and they beat you to the punch and they already have a reinvestment fee recorded against, uh, against your homes. Um, that precludes the HOA from recording a reinvestment fee. Um, I, I've seen a little bit of, of argument on that. Well, you know, what if they're only charging 0.25%? Can we still charge 0.25%? Can we, can we read the statute in a way that kind of um, interprets it that we can charge another one? You know, possibly you can make those arguments. Attorneys can make an argument for, for anything. But, um, but the plain meaning of the statute, I think, is, is pretty straightforward. Only re one reinvestment fee per property. There's, like I said, there's been some discussion, a little bit of effort to change that. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. Um, so just be aware that if, if you are in an association that has a master, check whether the master is charging a reinvestment fee. And if it is, then, then you can't. Um, and, uh, you also cannot charge it in every circumstances. There's a few exceptions here and those are listed under the next bullet point. So an involuntary transfer, um, for instance, a foreclosure would be an involuntary transfer. Somebody loses their home to a creditor. You can't charge a reinvestment fee in that situation. Transfer the results from a court order, um, similar idea. Sometimes that will happen in a divorce decree, um, bankruptcy proceedings, et cetera. A bonafide transfer to a family member of a seller within three degrees of, of blood relation. Um, statute actually says, uh, uses a, a word that, that, that means blood relation, but so that's something to watch out for. Um, technically, and that's the one that I think would be most common that you might come across. Um, like a lot of things with the law, um, I think we can take the position that, hey, here's what our here's what our covenants say, here's what our rules are, we charge a reinvestment fee. The burden is on you to let us know if there's an exception here. The HOA isn't gonna necessarily know, there's no reason why we should know if, if a transfer is, is between family members. Um, a transfer due to death, so if, if a trust um, provides that the property is gonna transfer to the trust or to, to, uh, to the trustee or to beneficiaries of the trust after death, then there's no reinvestment fee that can be charged there. And then finally, the transfer of the burden property by a financial institution. I think that's kind of beating a dead horse, um, but I think that's covered by an involuntary transfer. But, but again, that'd be a foreclosure if the bank takes the property. Now, there is a little bit of an exception in that one though. The, the HOA can, can recoup actual costs directly related to the transfer. So if you can show, and, and this is probably more common in, in condominiums where you might have to change key cards and that sort of thing. That, that can happen in detached properties as well. If you have a gated community or a clubhouse, there might be some actual costs associated, um, especially if you have a property manager, there might be some actual costs for them to change owners. They can charge that um, in a foreclosure to the bank, but, but they can't charge any more of the fee. So those are the exclusions. Um, I think in my experience, the, 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 big, the bigger issues with HOAs is uh, can we do it and should we do it? Um, and, and again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying that every HOA 
necessarily should. I mean, that's why we have boards in place. You guys know your communities and um, you know whether this is good for your community. But I, I, I would reiterate that it's, it's, it's common. And so don't shy away from it because you feel like it's, it's um, totally unreasonable because in the industry, it's not. It, it is a common thing. And any HOA can charge it. Um, it's just if you have an older HOA, we need to look through and uh, make sure that, that your language is correct. Um, if you have a transfer fee language, et cetera, we're doing the right things with the notice. And as I said, in my opinion, if there is no language in the CCNRs about it, I, I prefer to, to put some language in there. If you say, hey, we understand the legal risks and we wanna go forward with doing it a different route, um, I can help you do that. Um, I, I just like to make sure that my clients understand that there is some risk of, of being challenged in those situations. So um, like, I, like I promised, the presentation itself a little bit short and sweet. Let's um, open up to questions. There's few enough of us that let, I'm just gonna say, go ahead and unmute yourself. I think we can hopefully stay on top of um, people trying to speak at the same time. Let's try to manage it that way. And, and if not, then we'll, we'll, we'll figure something else out. Hi, um, I have a question. I just wanted to be sure that transfer fees are no longer valid because um, our management company recently set up uh, some changes so that we can have both a reinvestment fee and a transfer fee. But is that not correct? Well, uh, I'd have to look at that situation. So um, like I said, they're basically the same thing um, and you can make you can make a, a transfer fee valid depending depending when it was when it was implemented if it's an older one um, you can make it valid by just recording the proper notice um, if you ever are if you've ever amended your governing documents so I'd recommend let's amend that language to just use the right language to use the right term uh, but I, I would be interested in looking at what your property manager is doing there because that is unusual to say we're going to have a reinvestment fee and a transfer fee. Uh, they might have some fees that they charge um, for for some work that they do. That's that's pretty common in the industry. Um, I, I would say it's not wise to call it a transfer fee just because because state laws specifically say we don't like that term anymore. But they're probably they're probably on good standing to charge some kind of administrative fees for for what they're doing. Maybe they're just calling it something that that the law is saying they, sh they shouldn't call it anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I could look at the specifics of that if there's some concern and, and see, but, um, but, but you're right that, that a transfer fee, and it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit of semantics, but a transfer fee by that term um, is, is no longer valid for anything after 2010. Any new fees after 2010 should not be called transfer fees. Okay, thank you. What's the statutory code that governs this? What's the number? Oh, it's 57-1. Um, let me pull it up really quick. So it's 57 is the, the um, title 57 is the real estate title. And I, I know it's in subsection chapter one, which is conveyances. And let's see, it's at the end there. Section 46. So 57 1 46. This is Faye Richmond. I sent you a chat that I lost my internet for a minute. Okay. So I'm, my question is can the 
uh, charge be just a flat fee and not 0.5%. In some cases, that 0.5% could be a deal breaker. Uh, yes, it can be. Um, you, of course, you need to be careful there, though, because your flat fee could end up exceeding a 0.5%. So, I mean, if it's a low flat fee, then it's probably something you have to worry about. But yeah, you definitely can do a flat fee. It's pretty common. Well, it's, it's not uncommon. I, I've, I've seen associations do flat fees. Um, but again, it, it doesn't have to be 0.5% either if you're using a percentage. That's just the ceiling. You could, you could set it at 0.1% at if you wanted to. So you could do either way. Just do a low percentage or do a flat fee that's low enough that it's not going to um, end up exceeding half a percentage point of the value. Okay, I kind of like the flat fee. It's easier to project and budget and takes mm -hmm. all the math out of it. My next question is, um, we've had a reinvestment fee since 2013. When I read it, it says that it's an amendment to the CCNRs, but there's no record of a vote uh, among the owners. Is that okay to amend it and not require a vote? Um. Well, if it was truly an amendment to the CCNRs, and it has to require that it has to follow the voting procedures for the CCNRs, um, it's a little bit of a so there's a little bit of a different issue there. Um, I I think that how old is that amendment? 2013. It was prepared by the property manager. Okay. So. If you know, you shouldn't be calling it an amendment. If you don't know, then I think that um, you'd be on good legal ground to say, well, you know, we're going to assume that, that they follow the proper process unless there's evidence to the contrary. And if nobody's ever challenged it and we're at seven years since it happened, then, then there probably is no opportunity to challenge it. Um, then I, I wouldn't be too concerned about there being legal issues there. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So this is Steve Chandler. You lost me a little bit when you were talking about charging one reinvestment fee. As I was thinking in my mind, the first thing was you can only charge it once on a property. Oh, right. Okay. No, glad you brought that up. Let me clarify that. Um, so that means there can only be one, really, let's look at it in terms of the notice, that there should only be one notice of a reinvestment fee against any any property um, so there can't be more than one entity you know charging reinvest. so when you go to, to sell a home you should only be hit by one reinvestment fee you shouldn't have an hoa charging you two different reinvestment fees you shouldn't have multiple entities charging you a reinvestment fee there can only be one invest reinvestment fee recorded against that property um, so the only time any more that we really see this happen is when there's a uh, an HOA and then there's also a master HOA and maybe they both are trying to charge a reinvestment fee. That's not authorized because that'd be two reinvestment fees charged against one property. You might occasionally, and actually I, I saw this not too long ago, I was surprised because um, the history of, of the reinvestment fee is, is we had these transfer fees that the developer would, would charge and it would be on there forever. So the developer is forever making money on this property even though they're, they're long gone. Um, I was surprised not too long ago, I came across a developer who thought he could still charge those transfer fees against his property. So you might come across that too, where you have the HOA charging reinvestment fee 
and you have the, the developer trying to charge something at closing. And, and again, that would violate that, that one reinvestment fee rule. Hey, thank you. That, that clarifies that for me. Okay, I want to make sure I understand that then. As long as there's no other party charging, every time the lot in that HOA sells, that, rest, that buyer then pays the reinvestment fee every time it sells, not just a one-time yes. on the lot. Yes, okay, got it. that's right. So it doesn't mean that you only charge it one time. It'll, it just means that there can only be uh, one fee, one no. fee per, per transfer. You, you did make mention of the fact that it's usually the buyer who pays the transfer fee. Mm -hmm. In our unique situation here, we have had buyers who have paid it and they, they paid it when they bought. And then when they went to sell a year or two later, they were told the seller pays it. Hmm. And so they ended up paying it twice. And then, of course, the person coming in hasn't paid at all. And it seems like it's almost a, some sort of a shift. Yeah, and, and that's... And they don't say anything until it's all happened. Yeah. And, and really, the HOA doesn't have full control over that. Um, you know, that's going to come down to negotiations in the sell. You might... They might have just come across um, a title company that was... I'm misinformed or they might have come across a, a um, realtor on the other side who's just, you know, pushing really hard for his client not to have to pay more fees. Um, you could put in your, in your notice or, or in your rules that, that the buyer pays it, but, and I've seen HOAs do that, but really you don't have authority to enforce that because the buyer is not a member of your community yet at the, you know, until that second of, of the transfer. So, you know, so can you enforce that at closing? Maybe not because they, they might not be a member at the time that you're trying at the second that you're trying to enforce it. Right. Well, our solution has been when people have brought it up to us, we just say that's a negotiable item, but yeah. customarily the seller pays. I'm sorry, the buyer pays the transfer fee. Yeah, th that's the right response. Okay. I think I think the member should understand the HOA doesn't really have control over that, but but that's customary. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any others? Yeah, this is Cynthia again. I have a question. Um, we recently amended our CC&Rs last year and did not know about this. So our transfer fee currently says it's $50 and we've never had an issue with it. And I have had buyer and seller split it. Um, do we have to redo the full 100 pages or can we just amend the one paragraph and, attack and have it recorded? Uh, you can certainly just amend the one paragraph. You could do a, a single amendment, um, and, and the, you know it, it's it's pretty simple to to draft that up and get it recorded. Of course, the challenge is just getting it passed. Um, are you saying that that the the amount is stated, the amount that you're going to charge is stated in the CCNRs? Yeah, when well the, the CCNRs are from like 1995, 96, something like that, and it originally indicated that the transfer fees were twenty dollars. And so when we just amended a few things in our CCNRs, we upped it to 50. We didn't really change anything else in the paragraph. Oh, actually we did, now that I think about it, we changed it to $50 or some kind of wording about what the board should determine. 
Okay. Because if we saw a statute that said 50 and it might go up. So if we have that, what the board can determine, can we call that the investment fee and just move it up without recording anything? Probably. I, I would want to look at that language before I say for sure. And, and I was going to recommend that, that if you have a, a set dollar amount in the CCNRs, you're much better off to get that out of the CCNRs. Just give some broad authority to charge it so that you don't have to amend every 10 years, you know, with inflation or whatever. Um, well, I think that's why we added or up to what the board determined. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you have that in there, then you probably don't need to touch it. I mean, if you're still calling it a transfer fee, that's a little bit problematic, but ultimately I don't think it's going to really, it's really going to kill the, the provision. Um, you do need to make sure though, that even though you have that in there, you still need a separate notice recorded because the law requires that um, in order to, to make that fee authorized. Okay, so we can just amend that one paragraph indicating the transfer fee is no longer called the transfer fee, it's an investment fee, and just quote the law and say, you know, should the law change or something and just do a little one, two page thing? Yeah, yeah, you, you could definitely fix it. I mean, to the extent it needs fixed, you could definitely do it with just a single amendment without having to redo the whole CCNRs. Would so we have to go back to vote with our homeowners? Yeah, you do. Okay, you that's do. not a problem. There's only 22 of us, so it's not that big a deal. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure that paragraph says we have to have a 100% vote. Well, so that's another issue. State law says that other, other than a, a few specific things, any vote um, only has to be 67% or less. So if, if, you're, if you're a CCNR, say so you have to have 100% vote, that's trumped by state law that says um, you can't require more than 67% to amend. Oh, okay. So we just have to get 67 to change that little. Okay. So it, it'll be time consuming, but it won't be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. A little one or two page amendment isn't, um, isn't that difficult to, to get done. And usually the biggest challenge is just, just getting the votes. Okay. Well, 67% is not a problem. Yeah. I just well, have one or, one or two holdouts that won't ever vote anything. Sure. <laughs> I have a question related to this. Um, how do you do the separate notice? You said it could be a resolution. How would that be worded? So the, the separate notice actually has to be recorded. Um, and it's called a notice of reinvestment fee covenant. And that's where there are some really specific things under state law that says, you know, you have to have the right things in there. You can look at that statute that I, I said, 57146. Um, uh, typically, an attorney will, will write that notice of reinvestment fee covenant. I, I always shy away a little bit. I mean, I, we don't do these seminars to, to be sales pitchy, so I'm not saying that to be sales pitchy. I'm just saying I, I do recommend that, that you make sure you're, you're getting the right language in there. Um, but the notice, you need to say the right things, and you need to record it separate from your CCNRs. And the statute is specific. To have that notice recorded, you don't have authority to charge your reinvestment fee. Okay. Others? Yeah, I was wondering if you could shoot me your email and I'll talk to our president. We're wondering if we could send you that paragraph and, and get a an estimate of what it would cost to have you amend that for us. Sure. Does everybody have access to the chat? Do you know how to get that?
put it with that right now. And then I'll, I'll give it to you as well. Um, it's scott.welker, so S-C-O-T-T dot W-E-L-K-E-R at V-F, V as in Victor, F as in Frank, hyphen law.com. So again, I put that in the chat as well. You can pull it up and copy it from there. I'm in chat, but I'm not seeing it. Have it... Um, oh, I see two. I see two uh, others. You know I sent that. How do I send that differently? I think I sent that to internally to. Um, oh yeah, somebody at our office. Okay, I have to hit everyone. Okay, there we go. You should should be able to see it now. Do you see it? Oh, yep, I see it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, we just had four out of the 22 sell in here in the last eight months. Oh, wow. This would have been nice to know a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I say, I, I, I personally, um, you know, to me, when you really sit down and think about it, um, I don't understand why members get frustrated with it because if the HOA needs more money, it seems better to do it at a transfer than instead of just having to raise everybody's dues constantly yeah we did an assessment last year because we just put on three roofs and um all new stairways right all right any others okay well um thanks again for joining uh you can you can email uh, I believe you should have gotten an invite from uh, Audrey in her office. And uh, if you want a copy of these slides, then uh, send that email to me or reply to that invite and, and we can make sure to get you a copy of the slides. Happy to, to give those to you. And um, I'm always you know, happy to, if you want to call or, or email with, with other questions that you think of after we get off, then, then feel free to do that. So thanks everyone. Thank you. Let's get back to your uh, Thursday lunch. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Yep, you're welcome. We'll see you. Thanks much.